The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. and welcome to another episode of the Network Sports Talk Show. This is the collaboration of some of the best sports minds on our wonderful network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, and included in our panel today. First, we're going with from Hats, Tats, and Stats, Mr. Austin Kelm. Good morning there, Matt. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Good to see you again, my friend. Doing fantastic. Always nice seeing you. Always, always, always. Uh, from Hat Stats and Stats, Common Debauchery, and Tip of the Cap, we have Mr. Derek Jaws. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is the Network Sports Talk Show, and you know what that means. <laughs> and from Let's Talk But No Politics Okay and the Two Point Conversation, Mr. Andrew Lenz. How's everybody doing today? Hey, hey, hey. Getting ready to dig my feet into this topic here. It's a good one. Stand it's my, it's in it, my growl. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, no, Mr. Johnny Townsend today. Unfortunately, he was not available. Hopefully, we'll have him back with us next month. But as we have been doing here, uh, we are rotating who gets choice of topic in this week, uh, or excuse me, this month's topic winner. Uh, Topic choice winner, excuse me, was Derek Jaws. So, Derek, uh, why don't you tell the listeners, tell us what you chose and why you chose it. So, we are doing what qualifies somebody as a Hall of Fame player. Uh, and a lot of, there, there's, there's a lot of reasons behind this one. Uh, the biggest is me and our esteemed colleague here, Mr. Lenz have gone back and forth a few times on one very specific instance, which we will, we will get into the meat and potatoes of that argument very soon. But the, like, it, it's really easy when you talk your Peyton Mannings, when you talk your uh, uh, Tom Brady's, your Wayne Gretzky's, your, your, you know, the guys that we mentioned in our, in our goat uh, episode. Yeah. When you talk about those guys, it's really easy. They're surefire hall of famers. It's the guys that when you get to the, the stats look good, but, you know, they didn't do a ton individually. And how do you sort that stuff out? And there's another layer of that of, you know, at what point does what you do off the field impact your candidacy for a Hall of Fame, a la somebody like Pete Rose, who, for all intent and purpose, on the baseball field as a baseball player, should be a first ballot Hall of Famer, Absolutely. but is serving a lifetime ban for gambling while he was a manager. So uh, you could, and you could induct the player and not a manager. You can induct a manager who, who played it. He's not in as a player. So there's a lot to, to, to dissect in that. And the entire topic is a lot of fun to me. And there's a few very specific instances that I'm, I, I have in mind for this topic and I'm, I'm, in, I'm excited for, it. I'm fired up. And it's not even the good cut, the good topic I thought of, cause I forgot that one. <laughs> What's that, Andrew? 
that you got to write them down. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. The problem is when I when I think about it at three a.m. at work, I forget to write things down because it's three a.m. <laughs> and and you're at work. Yeah, that yes. too. <laughs> that too. That too. Um, so let's kind of go around. Let's kick this off and and, and w- let's describe what a Hall of Famer. Um, the, the definition of a Hall of Famer means to each and every one of us. Andrew, let's start off with you. I think the biggest thing is consistency and what you what you meant to the game and were you at least top five, top ten. Not so much stats. Stats are stats. Kurt, Kurt Cousins gets stats. I'm talking about like talent and everything else stats i feel is a very small proportion even with wins i know you asked about wins wins just kind of becomes the denominator when you need to separate people like a lot of people could if you took away wins you could go dan marino is the greatest quarterback of all time look what he did for the game he brought more of the quarterback into the spotlight he did this you could even say joe Mont. but then when you get into the separation you're like well joe montana destroyed marino in the super bowl Okay, Tom Brady has more Super Bowl wins. So that's where you get into wins where it comes to the separator. But what makes a Hall of Famer consistency and what you did for the game, I would say. Did you elevate the game in some way? Were you, like I said, top 10, top five in your position? Or even as a player in the game? Because you go into like football, uh, different positions mean different things as well so very much consistency and where did you rank consistently over that time in your in your given sport or given position okay i i can respect that austin uh your take on what 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 is a hall of famer to you you know what uh, i'm going to start off and, and preface this by saying that uh, a good guy that i used to work with uh once told me that it's not the hall of very good it's the hall of fame and I think that's something that a lot of people get crossed up in um, that if I said just hypothetically, and I don't want to jump the gun and start naming players, but like just right off the top of my head, Philip Rivers, Philip Rivers is a very good quarterback. Do I personally think he's in the hall of fame? No, I don't. Now, some people would interpret that as, well, how, how do you not think that Philip Rivers is good? That's not what I said. Right. I think he is very good, but it's not the hall of very good. It's the hall of fame. Just because I don't think somebody should be in the hall doesn't mean I think that he somehow had a garbage career or anything like that. Um, but I, I'm, I'm with Andrew on this one. I think it's um, it's it's longevity. Um, what, what have you done for the game? It's 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 stats. Uh, championships certainly help. Yeah. Um, but I think more of a, a on a tiebreaker platform. Like if you were talking about like who should get in, who she doesn't. Like oh, the the stats are good, the wins are good. Okay, all right. Well, how many rings do they have? You know, it's that whole thing. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's and it's it's weird because Jazzy Bear over here affectionately calls me the stat man, and I'm gonna go with uh, anti stats here and say it's <laughs> honestly it's it's kind of a gut feeling. I don't want to call it a knee-jerk reaction, but I feel like if you just name a player and immediately you go, yep, then, yeah, then he's, he's probably in. But as soon as you start to get to go, well, all right, hang on. Maybe we should be, debate this. Let's have a conversation. If you, I feel like if you have to have a debate or a conversation, the answer is probably no because it's not the Hall of Very Good. It's the Hall of Fame. 
that's a that's an excellent explanation too. And we're definitely going to have some uh, we're going to have some, definitely have some debates discussions today across uh, all the major you know uh, North American sports. Jazz, your uh, your views on a Hall of Famer? I, I don't understand how you can look at a guy and say his stats are top tier, but he's not a Hall of Famer. To me, that tells me that he play like those are the things. The reason we keep stats is to sort these things out. The reason that you know stats matter are in for for talks like this, for debates like this. When you look at Hall of Fame voting, when you look at stuff like that, it's what did he do in the game, right? So to me, it's a guy who a you have to have done it for a long time. Yeah. You know, I you're you're not going to see any five or six year careers go to the Hall of Fame unless in that five to six year career, what did they do? they broke records and they put themselves on the all-time stat lists and everything else. Uh, you know, it, fi- find me a quarterback with a six-year career that's going to go to the Hall of Fame in anywhere in the last from from, from 1990 on, a five-year quarterback that's going to make the that's going to make the Hall of Fame. You're not going to do it. Love. Why? No, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. He don't belong. Don't wow. <laughs> he doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Not not your Hall of Fame. Not even not the Colts, Hall Colts of Fame. fan and Bills land. What? So, <laughs> so like, find me a guy that is in the Hall of Fame that doesn't have great stats. That doesn't have, you know, like okay, like we brought up Marino already. Marino is in the Hall of Fame. He like when you talk about wins, he's not up there. Yes, when he okay, he's he is, but we're not like big winning the big game and, and you know all that stuff he's up there statistically and he played for a long time jim kelly's in the same boat you know you you could make the argument that jim kelly and dan marino jim kelly perfect example you could say is a very good quarterback was he great was he one of the greatest of all time no but he's in the hall of fame he lost four super bowls in a row lost them right flat out like i I mean name, name another guy that lost four super bowls that's in the hall of fame but he did because he's there and it's because his stats are good. He played for a long time and he impacted the game and he's very good. He's not an all-time great. I, I don't know. I think I, when you, when you talk, Hall of Fame, it's guys language. who did it. <laughs> now you're talking. It's, it's a language. guy. I mean, it, we're, we're talking like it's, there are plenty of guys who are in the hall of fame who were not. Oh my God, this guy is great. It's a no doubter. He's in. That's why it, you can be on the ballot for more than one year. Right. That's a great point too. So for, for 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 me for me it's it is that you are very very good. All right. So, yeah. I, I mean, you guys have all brought forth great points, and I'm I'm in the cons- I'm in the consistent at a high level at a very high level notion. Um, you know, my my sports knowledge doesn't right now it doesn't expand much beyond football, but I am aware of you know top name athletes in other sports. But I feel like being consistent at a at a high level, or a very you know a a very high level, I think is what grants you in the Hall of Fame. The the, the Jim Kelly, like I can't I I can't agree with you anymore about the Jim Kelly point. I mean that's just that's just me. Uh, but there's there's I I agree with like Andrew and in in Austin and you know cha- you know change bringing something forward to the table, change of the game. That stats aren't truly everything. Um, they they shouldn't be truly everything to the hall of fame i mean there, there's uh, here's another football example carrie collins is more passing yards than joe montana you know what i mean like does, does that mean carrie collins is a hall of famer 
no, <laughs> no. It, it, I think that you are right. There, there's the different categories that kind of separate everybody. That kind of helps, you know, in certain cases. You, you know, it, it's it's the rings. It's you know, perhaps game, maybe game winning drives. It, it's it's or well, just game winning moment, big moments. Because Joe Namath is another one who I don't think belongs. I know me and Andrew have debated on this many a time that if Joe Namath didn't make his bold proclamation that they were going to beat the Colts in Super Bowl three. I don't think Joe Namath is a Hall of Famer, but he was a part of one of the, mo- the the biggest moments in, you know, one of the biggest moments in the early days of the the National Football League. So I, I think it's a combination of everything. Uh, I did love Austin's point about if you got to debate it, maybe not. But um, but I think the Hall of Fame, it, it's it's so hard because obviously they want to put they want to. F- they don't want to fill this up, but they want to have a certain amount of people uh, to induct every year. They have in in the the margin between some of the best of all time and uh, you know some very very good players is is it's it's not a huge margin. It's it's those extra rings that I think makes it, it makes a big difference. It's it's maybe a couple extra you know things here and there. It's but it's a lot of it is like perception, right? I mean. I, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady is one of the, one of the, to me one of the, the most interesting you know de- debates about who is you know they throw them in the goat conversation. Obviously Joe Montana. We we, we talked we talked at nauseum about sports goats, um, but people will always hold. Uh, do I think Manning was a maybe a little bit more of a cerebral quarterback, really good, uh, maybe even a better talent than Tom Brady in some cases? Yes, I do. But Brady has the rings. Brady has, you know, the, the the accomplishments. He's just perceived as a much, much better quarterback by, I think, a lot of people. And, and, and that kind of helps the case. So uh, there's a lot of gray area when it comes to the Hall of Fame. There is definitely a lot of gray area that uh, I think it makes it really good for for people like ourselves to converse about and and just be like, hey, you know, what what really is the definition of a Hall of Famer? Um, it, it it's it's so tricky, but it is a combination of a lot of things. There there is some stat implications, championship implications, um, even like just moments moments in, in that sport, defining the sport, um, a bit of mainstream perception, maybe even so. Uh, there's so so much that mm-hmm. goes into it. it, it there, there's really no exact like root to the hall of fame. That's the, I think that's what makes it the hall of fames in sports. So incredible and amazing and, and, and fun to kind of analyze and converse about because there's no straight and narrow path. Everybody finds, you know, the ones that belong there typically find their way. There's always going to be some, some that don't quite make it that we think we, you know, that we think should, but um, I think that that is the mystique of the, the hall of fame. And I, I do, I do, I do appreciate it. So, Jaws, where do you want to go with this one? Do you want how do you how do you want to kick this one off as far as discussing uh, some of the you know what I mean what other aspects make a Hall of Famer? I guess or or what's what's your main argument? Because I know you, there's a couple people you want you might want to debate about. Um, <laughs> so the first the first one, uh, and this is what sparked the idea for the episode was is is Mr. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is still currently active as an NFL quarterback. And the question is, when he rides off into the sunset, which may be 17 years from now, the way he plays, <laughs> um, is he going to be a Hall of Famer? And me and Mr. Lenz went back and forth on this a few times. And, you know, 
going back and forth. Okay, well, he's never won a playoff game. You know, he's, you know, he, he's he never even been to a playoff game until this year when he wins the NFC East <laughs> by like six games. I hope so. I hope to God. But and, and you know, so you, like you look at that and you say, okay, like, like a dude who's never even been to a playoff game is in the Hall of Fame. Well, he's also top thirty in. Uh, I want to get my stats correct here. Um, 30th overall in career passing yards and 35th overall in career passing touchdowns. And he is like, if he has, if he matches his production from last year, which was over six starts and three closing appearances, he will jump into the top 20, like into the twenties in both of those categories, but he's not a hall of famer. Like, you, like how, how many people have suited up and played quarterback in the NFL? You can't even Google the number. Nobody's no, nobody's figured it out. Right. And he's in the top. He's 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 under. He's like he's he's above. He's in he's in that thirty mark of people who've done it all time. That percentage is insane. But you you know, Mr. Lenz would argue he's not a Hall of Famer. I'm sorry if you're top thirty in your position all time. I think that's absolutely Hall of Fame worthy. Can we read? Oh, and he the- and he aver- he averages ten games a season. So he's up there with. Six less games a year than most guys. Can we read some of these other players that are up here that are definitely borderline? Because Philip Rivers is fifth. Okay. Eli Manning's another great one that you can bait is eighth. Uh, let's see. Carson Palmer is 14th. Very good quarterback. Not a great quarterback. Uh, Vinny Testaverde is 15th. Come on. Uh who else we got? Matt Stafford, very good quarterback. Maybe he might do something a little bit special this year. Drew Bledsoe is another great debating quarterback at 17th. Joe Flacco is 19th because he's a super elite Hall of Fame quarterback. Joe, Joe Flacco is elite. Kerry <laughs> Collins is another guy. Love Kerry Collins, but is he a Hall of Fame quarterback? No, but he's 20th. Dave Craig is 23rd. How many people can name the teams that Dave Craig played for? You. <laughs> exactly. Does that, him, does that make him actually he's played for six teams i can only name like three but does that make him a hall of fame quarterback no boomer esiason another borderline guy he leads is let me go with this round do you think boomer esiason is a better quarterback than steve young if we're going left-hand quarterbacks who is the greatest left-hand quarterback of all time in your mind michael vick okay did you know Byron Leftwich? Byron Leftwich was right. I said what I said. Did you know Boomer Esiason is the all-time leading left-handed touchdown thrower in NFL history? Not Steve Young, not Michael Vick. It's Boomer Esiason. But does he belong in the Hall of Fame? Eh, no, he's got an MVP, went to a Super Bowl, but not, you got shut out by Montana. You're done. Uh, Alex Smith is 27th. You said yourself before this, Alex Smith is not a Hall of Famer, but yet he's 27th on this list. Matt, close your ears. Just mute your audio. Jay Cutler is 29th. Hall of Fame. Come on. Jim and, Everett. And, 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 and after this year, they'll you know he'll he'll be behind Mr. Fitzpatrick. Yeah. But Ryan Fitzpatrick is that uh, board game or something you buy at a garage sale. He gets passed around. He is the village bicycle of the NFL. Everybody <laughs> at the turn with him at this point in time. He's nothing great. He's nothing special. 
he's not top 10. When did you ever look at a list and go, wow, Ryan Fitzpatrick was is top, just pure talent, not even just looking at stats, just pure talent and what he can do. Has he ever been top 10 or top five? The one uh, test? Y- yes. No, number yeah, one, number one all time, numero uno at the one test. He's not. He's not. I, That's a he got four, four, 48 out of 50 questions, right? And he omitted the one. Yeah. It's not, he didn't get one wrong. He just didn't answer it. The, he got the 100% creator, of the questions that he tried to answer correct. The, the, the creator of starting lineups, former Cincinnati Bengals punter, Matt, uh, Matt Leahy, is actually, or Mackley, is actually the all-time wonder lick. Which is okay, because you only asked for top five, and we gave you a guy who's number two. So okay. I'm, I'm, it's but still I, good. But in a, but in a wonder lick <laughs> Mike Mamula is, was an amazing combine guy. Does that make him a Hall of Famer? So uh, he spent two seasons in the top 10 in passing touchdowns and passer rating. Uh, three seasons you- in the top 10 of yards per pass attempt, yards per completion, uh, pass attempts per game, adjusted yards per pass attempt, net yards per pass attempt was three seasons in the top 10. So, I mean, yes, he's been in the top 10. Throughout his yeah, career, he has been in the top 10. About, I'm talking about his talent and everybody else. Is it... People have gone out and signed this guy, but even the Jets, he had him on the brink of making to the playoffs. Even the Jets were like, I don't even know if we want to re-sign this guy. Right. I don't he, know. he had the Jets on the brink of a playoff berth. Those are some good yeah. Jets. Hall of Fame. Though. Those are some but good nobody Jets. Wants Hall of him. Fame. Nobody wants him after like two years. They're like, we got what we got out of him. Time to send and, him and, he, and this And this is, this is the entire point of like where I come from on this argument. Nobody wants him, but he's played for nineteen, eight teams, nine teams, whatever it is. But nobody wants him. He he's he's good. He's he's a dude that people sign as a he's transitional player because we need a guy to hold down the fort until we find the guy because we don't think he's the guy. But he's, I mean, who who's 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 replaced him that's turned out to be like holy shit, that's the guy. But who who's also replaced them where they're like holy shit, that's still not the guy, but guess what? We still did go back and try and get Ryan Fitzpatrick. Because Ryan Fitzpatrick was in the middle of a deal with somebody else. Because he's the drunk girl at the bar <laughs> during last call. People are like, yeah, got to get him. Yeah. <sighs> it, it's it's, it's a transitional tough one. It, listen, you guys are both making very yeah, interesting points. I, I think in, in for, for the large part, like – Here's one thing, a question, because you're bringing up top 10 in, in, in a couple different instances. If Patrick Mahomes retires this offseason, is he a Hall of Famer? And no. Patrick Mahomes, I think everybody holds Patrick Mahomes in a much, much higher regard than Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Even if he I retires this offseason, like if he retired this offseason, pulled an Andrew Luck and was gone. You got to look at a guy like Terrell Davis. I was just thinking the exact same thing. Right. Yeah, you got to look at a guy like Terrell Davis. He kind of got in there. <clears throat> and although he had he had four seasons, I think. Right, that was his whole thing. Yeah, and then he totally destroyed his knee or something. So you got to look at Terrell Davis. I think Patrick Mahomes later on down the line, if he was retired today, sneaks in because if Terrell Davis can sneak in, I'm pretty sure Patrick Mahomes got. Right. Well, I mean, but that's, I mean, that, that's true. That's, that's Patrick Mahomes' entire body of work, though. You look at Fitzpatrick, and I think for the large part, he's been, he's been an, uh, almost a, like a novelty 
act because uh, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. I will root for him. I have a Jets Ryan Fitzpatrick jersey that I have a, f- a wonderful, hilarious, funny story behind. And because I love the player, you know, the, the player, the persona of Ryan Fitzpatrick so much. But I think on play, uh, you know, when it comes to, 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 to being dependent, dependent on and play, he, there's been a lot of clutch moments that he just he, he hasn't been able to rise to the occasion for. Um, I would have loved if he was Buffalo's longtime starting quarterback. I might be a diehard Buffalo Bills fan. Yeah, not more than the Colts, but I might be a diehard Buffalo Bills fan if the Fitzpat, you know, if Fitzpatrick had, you know, panned out. But uh, also, you know, to uh, my counter, you know, my where I'm kind of agreeing with Jaws too. He does get put on a lot of bad teams. He and maybe that maybe that's a fault of his own. Maybe that's you know it, it, it's just circumstances, but. You know, he, he's always finding himself on really, really bad teams. Like, people like to trash Fitzpatrick that he's a bad quarterback. He's not. You don't last in the NFL for as long as he has if you're a bad quarterback. Um, you know, he has been on a lot of terrible teams and and, and done that transitional role. Um, but regardless, I, I think, like, if I was to tear off Ryan Fitzpatrick amongst all-time NFL quarterbacks, you know, out of five, he'd be a four or a five. A four or five to yeah. to, to me, person like as a character, as a persona, tier two, tier one all day. The Deshaun Jackson thing, you know, moment was it was amazing where he took his stuff, but unfortunately, as far as on field play goes, that it just it, it's it doesn't sell it doesn't sell to me as as a Hall of Famer, and like I don't think the stats help him um, would necessarily help him in this case. I, I think he falls under the category like. You know, you mentioned like a Kerry Collins or an Alex Smith where, yeah, the stats are there, but it's just there's there's not enough, uh, you know, where like even I I, as a on field player, I even it it pains me to say this, but I hold Jim Kelly obviously in higher regard than Ryan Fitzpatrick, like Ryan, you know, Jim Kelly belongs in there ahead of a guy like uh, of a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick that that's that that's basically what i'm trying to say there's two great you know obviously you guys are gonna both stand strong and i hope you do um to to your (laughs) points Uh, this is a very you know fun well-meaning debate now we're gonna we're gonna have about ryan fitzpatrick and i'm sure several others across the bat you know across professional sports but um yeah i i call i i fall on the line like hall of fame of of funny athletes uh personal athletes ryan fitzpatrick you know, first ballot all day, but I think on field play, when you compare him to so, you know, some of the guys are, you know, Peyton Manning is going in this year. Um, and some of these other ones, I just, I just don't see it. Fitzpatrick personally. Yeah. If you look at the quarterbacks that are in the hall of fame, all of them have had some type of special moment, even if you never heard of the guy or anything like that. Tim Troy and three Super Bowl wins. George Blanda was the all-time scoring leader for a while. Terry Bradshaw, four Super Bowl wins. Len Dawson, probably the most underrated quarterback in NFL history. Don Elway, Brett Favre, Dan Fouts. Just revolutionized the league under Don Eric Coriel. Otto Graham holds the record for most consecutive championship games. All 10 years he played, he never missed a championship game. Bob Greasy, yeah, he was injured, but he's got a lot of games where he threw six touchdowns in a game in uh, an era where throwing six touchdowns was not that easy. Sonny Jurgensen, yeah, uh, this guy probably had 
if not as much talent, but more talent than Patrick Mahomes. This guy threw a pass behind his back in a game. Jim Kelly, I think, kind of gets a slide. Bobby Lane, last quarterback to win a championship for the Detroit Lions. Peyton Manning, speak for himself. Dan Marino, Joe Montana, Warren Moon. Namath, you, but he has that big moment. He has Super Bowl three. Uh, Ken Stabler's been in the most games with names ever, from Sea of Hands to the Holy Roller to the Immaculate Reception. I mean, the snake was just awesome. Art Starr, Roger the Dodger Stallback, Fran Tarkenton, Y.A. Tittle, Johnny Unitas, uh, Norm Van Brocklin. Even Kurt Warner gets a little shaky in my mind sometimes, I'm not going to lie. Bob Waterfield was a great quarterback with the Rams. And then you have Steve Young. Do you see Ryan Fitzpatrick anywhere mentioned? Could, could even compare to those names? I, yes. I personally, I personally don't see that anywhere. Okay. I do not see that anywhere. And even if you go before the, the quarterback was a main position where it was like halfback quarterback, slinging Sammy ball. Okay. The guy revolutionized the game too. Is he up there? No, he's not. I don't see him with these guys, but like you said, I think it's so much that he's so much of a character and we have so much information going out. People see him and they're like, Oh my goodness. He's amazing. Just based off of his character. I love Marshawn Lynch too, but I think was he like, he was a pretty damn good running back. He'll probably get into the hall of fame, but I think a lot of people look at the personality and the persona instead of the actual player. And I think that's where things are getting fuzzy now in this Twitter, Facebook age is people are looking at the persona and not the player, what he did on the field, because information could get sent out so quick. That's why I like Jay Cutler so much. I mean, there's no disagreement for there's no disagreement there. There's so many (laughs) online things. You know, I, I, I know that Jay Cutler is what he is, but I also love Jay Cutler because of the person behind uh, the person off the field. Uh, and I, I think a lot of that, that's a fantastic point that I think social media may have um, may have may have influence on who we think is good and bad nowadays. Uh, we I think, we, you know, social media is just these big echo chambers and yeah, you fall in line with with certain echo chambers that says this guy is trash when maybe he really isn't. You know, uh, it, it, it definitely it, it, de- it definitely can have some kind of influence as to what we perceive as good, great and uh, legendary. It really does. Can I bring uh, another guy that you got to think like, oh my goodness, is a guy like Archie Manning. He played 10 years with the Saints at their absolute 100% rock bottom worst. 10 years. To the point where guys were telling stories like Jack Youngblood, where he's like, you know what? We used to take, I used to take it easy when I would hit him because I knew it would be so easy to get around that offensive line and just be able to take him down. And he's never played in a playoff game, but he's been to two Pro Bowls. So is he a Hall of Famer? And we're, is Ken Anderson a Hall of Famer? He played in a Super Bowl. He played in an era where, and that's the other thing too, is eras. Yeah. Once that Mel Bunt rule got put into play in like 78, that changed the game. And then later on with the tie law rules, that changed the game. You can't just lay into a quarterback anymore. I mean, when you got Johnny United, Johnny United was thrown without a flat jacket. Show me a guy today that's going to throw without a flak jacket and stand in the pocket. You got to look at different areas and where the stats are leaning. 
you can say, okay, well, Terry Bradshaw was horrible because he didn't throw the ball that much. He was not allowed to. He, he could call the plays, but the offense was centered around Franco Harris and just running the ball. And that was the style in the 70s. And I think that's a lot, a lot of different things is you got to look at the era. Are these, these numbers are pumped up compared to what the 70s were. If you look at Britt Jones, I think it's his 74, 75 season somewhere in there. That's actually considered possibly one of the greatest quarterback seasons of all time. But if you look at the numbers, you're, it's, it's average today. I mean, what is the benchmark for numbers today? Four, 3,500 yards? I think 4,000 is like you had a good year. I think 4,000 is like the bare minimum. Well, it's kind of muddled now because rushing, you know, rushing quarterbacks too. Yeah. So, but, well, and the, but, but the other side of that too, like when you, all right, you want to talk about, you know, comparing eras. Uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is, is 10th among active quarterbacks in passing, 10th among active quarterbacks in passing touchdowns. Sorry, passing yards, passing touchdowns. Um, I mean, that's comparing apples to apples at that point. So he's top 10, like you said, among guys who are currently playing the game. And that includes guys like Tom Brady. But it, it, it's it's an error thing. It's easier for him to get those numbers. So is it so, easier? So it's easier for him to be 10th all time amongst the guys who are playing in the same exact era? What's currently the gap? active what, players? What, what's the, what's the gap between um, between him well, it's, and the it, other one? The, the it's it, it's uh, I don't have that easily active. But hold on, let me see if I can find it. What it comes down to is I read you the list of the quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame. Would you take Ryan Fitzpatrick over any of those quarterbacks? I know I'm not. It depends. Are we playing in this era? Then yes. Are we Even playing in this era? Okay. Uh, you okay. guys would transcend time. I would take Marino. To, hundred million. Yeah. Yes. A guy like Marino. Absolutely. But there, but there are guys on that list you mentioned who are not passing quarterbacks that you just said, Terry Bradshaw was not a great passing quarterback because he didn't throw the ball a ton. So in this era, yes, I want the guy who throws the ball. I didn't say, I said his stats weren't as great as what everybody wants. Terry Bradshaw could bomb it up. And I think that's a guy that you got to look at that would absolutely play very well in this league. Could you imagine a guy like Unitas? He carved up defenses in the fifties and the sixties. You're gonna take you're gonna take Ryan Fitzpatrick over him? No, you're not. Yeah, I'm not even gonna take him over Ken Stabler. And you can look at Ken Stabler's stats and be like, oh my goodness. I say this all the time. Stats are like bikinis. They cover up all the good parts. Because that's all it comes down to. All right. I like I mean, it. And then you could do a comparison. It comes down to baseball too in a comparison. I mean, I haven't watched baseball in years. Well, it's yeah. As, Let's 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 jump, game, jump over to baseball a little bit too, so we can keep this thing even keel across all sports. But. Yeah, it's different eras. It's kind of like a record of Cy Young. Nobody's going to touch that record. But what is the benchmark now to get you into the Hall of Fame as a pitcher? I mean, like I said, I've been watching it in years, but there was a very rare thing where if you got three hundred wins, you were in. But that was only guys like Tom Glavin and Randy Johnson were getting that because they had the longevity to to do that. But then also they got a lot of other different attributes and games to go along with them to get them into the Hall of Fame. But longevity is cool, but if I, I there's board games like I said at garage sales that have longevity, are they good? No, they're still missing pieces. they're good, but are they in great condition? No, because they're still missing pieces and everything else. Ryan Fitzpatrick to me is the missing piece quarterback. He's not, he's good. 
He can get you through something. He's a winter beater car. He can get you through the season, season or two. But what quarterback are you getting? Are you getting Fitzmagic where he's absolutely magical? Or are you getting just Ryan Fitzpatrick where he's going to throw five INTs and have to get pulled because he shit the bed? That's the problem with him. And that's also where it comes into consistency as well. You can have a bad day, but how many times do you have a bad day? When you see Peyton Manning get onto the field, you are like, oh my goodness, we are going to get lit is Ryan Fitzpatrick one of those guys also? Because you see guys like Randy Moss get off the bench to watch Brett Favre. I don't think a lot of people are getting off the fence to watch the bench to Ryan, watch Ryan Fitzpatrick because he's just see, and a lot, a, a, but a lot of those things are entirely arbitrary. Well, nobody ever got off the bench to watch Fitz, so doesn't mean he does, doesn't mean he he doesn't he's not good like that. That's like. It, show, show me, show me, show me the, show me the line on the voting card that says how many times did players get off the bench to watch him play? I never what? said he's not good. I just said he's not Hall of Fame material. He's, he's not. He is. He absolutely is. And the fact that he's played for that many teams, and and not just like not like Vinny Testaverde, who went from team to team to team and got a couple starts here, a couple starts there because of guys getting hurt near the end, or he got called up at forty four years old and like the Jets going, ah, shit, man, we don't have a guy. We need a guy. Vinny Tussaverde replaced a legend in Cleveland and took him to a playoff win. Okay. At Here's one Patrick point in his career, near, near the end of his career, where Fitz is now, Vinny Tussaverde was a dude who backed people up because, shit, we might need a guy, or got called off the couch and said, shit, we need a guy. Fitz is getting starting job after 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 starting job. Am I, am I at nine yet? After starting job. After starting job, my arm doesn't go any further behind me after starting job. He didn't get starting jobs. Not all the time because he got starting jobs for crappy teams. Miami called him up because we were like, hey, how can we keep our money underneath the cap? Oh, go get Ryan Fitzpatrick. We're throwing five mil and call it a day. Okay. Because we need to tank. We need to tank. That's how little they thought of Ryan Fitzpatrick. They were like, oh, we need to tank. He's good. He can probably get us somewhere. But he's going to get us and, anywhere. And had they kept him in, they would have made the playoffs. But they didn't want to make the playoffs. It would have been stupid to make the playoffs. I think everybody looks at this big thing of the playoffs. Oh, we got to make it to the playoffs. You, you, the- you literally said earlier he's never been to a playoff game, so it's not no. a little thing. It can't no. be an arbitrary thing when you want to use it. No, I'm talking about for the Miami Dolphins last year. Miami Dolphins, I don't think, wanted to make it to the playoffs. Why? Because the Why third overall have- pick wasn't good enough that they already had from a team that was already beneath them well why would you want to make the playoffs and lose that other and lower that other pick okay uh, and, and then they why traded a third overall you, pick why <laughs> none you, of that is relevant why do you want to go to the playoffs and be one and done that's good in buffalo i'm guessing when you guys were in that drought but for some fans that are, where their team kind of makes the playoffs every couple of years we don't want to see that we want to see a winner so I'm not talking about him making the playoffs, but he also got benched for Tua, okay? He got benched because they knew that Ryan Fitzpatrick's not sitting around. I mean, the Washington football team are also doing the same thing because you know you can't build around a 39-year-old quarterback unless he's got Brady on his back and he's wearing the number 12 or he's Aaron Rodgers or one of those guys. You're not going to build around Ryan Fitzpatrick. If you do... No, nobody's ever tried. Because nobody, because the talent's not there. He's an average quarterback at best. 
do you not see this? I, I, I know guys in the NFL get stuff wrong all the time, but when you start seeing a guy cut all the time, cut all the time, cut all the time, you have to think to yourself, why am I not seeing? Am I missing something? I mean, now, now, listen, I, I don't have the list in front of me, but at one point I did create one of guys that Fitzpatrick got quote unquote cut for. Yeah. And it's not impre- it's not impressive. So, so 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 at that point you're telling me, like when you look back at that, uh the I'm pretty sure the only one there's two guys that Fitz got quote unquote cut for that are still in the league. One of them is Tua, who good luck. And the other one um is a perennial backup somewhere, I believe. I it, again I had it somewhere I don't have it in front of me currently. But I mean at that point I'm sitting here saying every single one of those coaches was incorrect. Well, what does that tell you though? That fits is better than people give him credit for. It's, he's good, but he's not a Hall of Famer. So you're talking about that. You're talking about how good he is, but you're not talking, you're not giving me anything where it's like, wow, he's a Hall of Famer. Because I can name a, I, there's guys, like I said, is he Dave Craig? Is he Dave Craig? Dave Craig's up there. Dave Craig's played for a bunch of teams. Dave Craig went to the playoffs. What is Dave Craig? A Hall of Fame quarterback. Is Joe Flacco. Make me the 100% case that Joe Flacco is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Maybe you want to throw Jim McMahon in there. Why don't we just let everybody that is is a cool guy into the Hall of Fame? First off, Joe Flacco is not a cool guy. Joe Flacco got a really big contract after one really good year. I mean, you win a Super Bowl in a contract year, you're going to get paid, and you're going to get talked about, about, oh, my God, is this dude, like, legit? He also played on a very talented Ravens team. A very talented Ravens team. I submit that Fitz would have won that Super Bowl with that Ravens team. So, I don't understand this at all. I just so Boomer Sison gets in, former NFL MVP. All right, <laughs> all right. I think we're at a stalemate, gentlemen. I think we're at a stalemate. <laughs> I think we're at a stalemate here. Uh, but you guys are both bringing up great points. I want to give Austin a chance to say anything. Um, <laughs> I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to get shot in this conversation. I'm just keeping it myself over here. Jesus. Everybody look at Austin. God, God forbid you mention a player they don't like, and then good Lord, like Google machines start going crazy. You gotta I love mean, it. I mean, Matt, 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 by the way, I tried to Google, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick jets Jersey. It came back with why. <laughs> I mean, uh, he almost, Cause he almost got the jets to a playoff game. I mean, good All Lord. Right. Like, do you guys want to hear the story? We'll, we'll break up. We'll break the ice. We'll move on to some other players because we can legit do an hour long episode just on Fitzpatrick. I want to keep it universal. But so the story behind this is, yes, I was excited in 2015 when Fitzpatrick almost led the Jets to the playoffs. He beat Brady that one game, whatever. Uh, September rolls around. I discovered this wonderful, beautiful website from China where they could just make jerseys and just send them to you. And it's really, really cheap. So I'm like, you know what? I kind of like Fitzpatrick. He's a fun novelty act. I'm going to go buy a Jets color rush uh, Fitzpatrick jersey. I buy it. I went to the Thursday night game between the Bills and Jets that year where Fitzpatrick put up like through like 400 yards passing, bunch of touchdowns. He was like a fantasy monster. He was like one of the he was like the number one fantasy quarterback that week. I, I get the jersey comes in the between that week and the week after. I'm like, all right, Fitzpatrick. Yeah, baby. Throw it on. I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling really ballsy. I'm going to go get Fitzpatrick in fantasy football. All right. So I scoop him up. I start him. 
and he throws six interceptions in that game. So I have a jersey. He threw six interceptions and had like negative 14 points that week in fantasy. So, <laughs> so I have a legit jersey curse. But yes, that is that that is my fun little story behind that. Every time I wear a jersey to go watch somebody play live, usually they lose, stuff like that. So, but um, but yeah. So the the, the Fitzpatrick debate. We're moving on, fellas. We're moving on. Jaws, you guys both were, you know, we're not people. I don't expect any of you to change your mind on these things. I just want to acknowledge that. Listen, both obviously feel Andrew. Andrew is more than entitled to his opinion, and it's okay that he's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It's all love here, fellas. It's all love. All right, Jaws. So it's so let's changing gears here. Uh, only kind of though, somebody that this came up on an episode of hats, stats and stats with, uh, my man, big diesel was Patrick Marlowe. Patrick Marlowe just broke Gordy Howe's record for the most games ever played by an NHL player is Patrick Marlowe, a hall of famer. And I mean, he's been to three all-star games. He's never won a cup. Uh, he doesn't have a ton of individual honors, uh, or awards, um, He's 23rd all-time in goals. He's uh, 83rd all-time, or sorry, 631st all-time, which are 80th all-time in career assists, 50th all-time in points. Is the, you know he's that guy that you could talk about. Are those numbers inflated because of the length of tenure that he's had, um, or is he a guy that you know he belongs in the conversation for getting in the Hockey Hall of Fame? Can I can I ask you guys? This? Uh, you know, Maybe and you guys know a little bit more about this. Uh, game to rate how many games are put is there are there more games played in a season now than they were throughout the majority of Gordy Howe's tenure um I believe so but not by a ton not by okay it's it's not like they went from 50 to 82 right 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 because I was gonna say that that that'll take you know that would definitely have some um some type of impact let's see uh, so looking looking back in the like games played for how uh, 58, 60, 40, 70, 70, 70, 70, 70, 64, 70, 70, 70, 70, 80s primarily now. So he does have a little yes. bit of jump. He does have a, he does have a little bit of jump um, in that, which is still cool. I mean, that's a, that's an incredible kind of legacy to kind of break, you know, we talked about Gordy Howe before on here when we talked the the goats episode, I believe, and uh, learning learning about him was like for for me was really really cool. Um, oh, man, but st- you said stats. He's not really kind. He's not really up there all time. Uh, so he's got again uh, first overall games played um, in his career with se- one thousand seven hundred and seventy games. Good God. That's a lot of hockey. That's a lot of hockey. Um, he's he's twenty third all time in goals, uh, second a- uh, active, but I mean, as, and assists he's eightieth overall, points he's fiftieth, uh, goals created, which is a weird stat. He's forty third overall uh, in his career, twenty fifth even strength goals, thirty second power and power play goals, seventh uh, overall in game winners. You know, uh, 
So, I mean, I, you know, again, I, he's, 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 he's in that muddled gray area that we've been talking about, you know? Oh, 100%. 100%. Because, yeah. I'm kind of on the fence. Like, I, I don't know. You break, you break Gordy Howe's. That becomes the it becomes an era thing, and obviously that means I mean, he's, he's, that, that that means he's number one in his era. Well, obviously all time, but you know, obviously in his era, that's that's a lot. That is anybody else come close to that that record, that Gordy Howe record? Anybody come remotely close? Yeah. Let's see. Hold on. Bet you if Yager was still playing here, he'd be pretty close. For what record? Uh, most games played. Most games played in the NHL. Uh, so Marlowe is at 1770. Howe is at 1767. Messier, 1756. Yager, 1733. Ron Francis, 1731. Joe Thornton, 1672. Mark Recchi, 1652. Chelios, 1651. I mean, so really, of, of, of those names, you've got Yager, who's still playing hockey, although not here. He's in the check. And you've got, uh, who the hell was like third? You just said it. He's still playing right now. Uh, Thornton is Thornton, 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 Thornton's still playing. So you got a couple of guys who might have a crack at this, but at this point, every game Marlowe plays in is a, in, is a record. In, inter- interesting stat on this. Either. This season doesn't help either because it's much shortened and a little different. So. Right. Uh, the only member members of the top 15 that are not in the Hockey Hall of Fame are Yarmir Yager, who is still actively playing hockey, just not in the NHL. He probably will be. Joe Thornton. Yes, Joe Thornton, who is still actively playing, and Zidane Ochara, who is still actively playing. The rest of them are all Hockey Hall of Famers, including Andrew Chuck, Scott Stevens, Larry Murphy, Ray Bork, Nick Lindstrom, Jerome McGinley uh, at 16, Alex Delvicio, uh, and then Shane Doan is the first one who is not currently actively playing hockey, who is not in the Hall of Fame. Hmm. On that I, list, I and he's he, down at fifteen forty. Oh boy, I think he has a case for it. Let me where to go, Patrick. I mean, I think he does. I mean, I'm just looking at his numbers here. I mean, there there's a ten year window here, and and forgive me because I'm doing math in my head, but there's a ten year window here where he averaged thirty goals a season. That's really good. Yeah, I, right. I mean, I don't, I can't think of. It. I mean, unless you're naming like Ovechkin, Crosby. I mean, the elite of the elite players of today. I don't know too many guys that over a ten to twelve year career average 30 goals a season he wasn't an assist guy i mean looking at his points and it's you know 50 60 and then a couple of years of 82 84 like where he was up there but for the most part he had around 30 goals and another 20 or 30 assists so when you look at points you go really he only had 55 60 assists uh some guys don't dish it some guys are tasked with putting the puck in the net and that's your job and that i think he joke. did that very well for a long time that was joe thornton when he played with the sharks joe oh, 100%. Thornton. it was both of them when they played with the sharks yeah they actually played together yeah, that's what I'm saying. Joe Thornton, you know, got like a thousand assists or over a thousand assists, but he's only got 424 goals. So his assists went tomorrow, like went tomorrow. So, but uh, right. Uh, the other side of that, when you talk about you know, the individual awards, like he's gotten votes for the Calder Cup or the Calder Trophy, which is, I believe, the Rookie of the Year. Yeah. And then, I mean, uh, he's been in the conversation for the Lady Bing. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen of twenty-one times. That's sportsmanship. Uh, and then he's been in the conversation for the Hart Trophy, the Selkie, a few times each, and been a three-time All-Star. 
So again, like and those are like receiving votes for those things. That's not like having won them. But that's right. Good, though, for the but it, because for years it's been a monopoly on that. Yes. I would vote yes. I would vote yes. I think I would as well. If I had a vote, I would give it to him. Yeah. Longevity, playing consistently, uh, which has to be, you know, frequently starting lineups, playing consistently. Um, would you say he averaged how many goals in a season? Or what's his? About, about, about 30, 30 for roughly a 12-year span, from which, like his third year in the league to his almost his 15th year in the league. Which I think is, that's the, like I said, I'm no hockey expert, but I'd say that's pretty significant, too. Right. I, it, I, it sounds I, really good. It sounds really, I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah. Um, I w- yeah, I would vote yes for Marlowe. I would vote yes. I mean, it's really cool that we kind of got to see somebody, um, you know, accomplish that. You got to, his, you know, his game's play thing might be higher, too. How many lockouts did he face, you know, uh, which is something I think it is important to acknowledge. He, that record might have been broken quite some time ago as well but uh what i think one at least maybe two lockouts uh that he's uh, th- there were definitely two throughout his career i was gonna say definitely two and then obviously this year is going to be a little bit different so um yeah well, both- the last the last two years have been short yeah you're right you're right it is the last two um and this season's just different it, so that's funny you want to talk about career longevity he outlasted two different like players association contracts. <laughs> <laughs> Respect. Well, Respect. And, and that's, and that's a bit, and that's a big part of it too. I mean, the guys played that long and again, he, like is, it's not like he's a bench guy. It's not like he's, it's not like they throw an A on him and he's, you know, the third line center. I mean, right. he's, he's up there. He's up there. He's taking the big draws and the big moments. Like, you know, he's just, he's been on, you know, and a lot of that is, I mean, he was on. He's been on. He was on San Jose from '97 to '17, and in that stretch, I can tell you because I was, you know, I, I used to enjoy watching San Jose mostly because of their goalie, Mister Nabokov. They got cool he, uniforms uh, too. They do, and I mean, he's he's that guy that like that Sharks team should have won a lot of more games than they did. Like that was that team that just like would dominate the regular seasons, like get in the playoffs. And then like they, everyone stopped playing in front of Nabokov, And he was the only reason they were in series, let alone winning. Right. Yeah. I'm in the yes. I think Austin's in the yes. It sounds like you two are in the yes. Yes. Category as well. Jaws and Andrew. No, that, that was really quite, cool. I had no idea. I mean, anybody was even approaching that. Obviously, like I said, I, I, I really, I've always kind of known about how Gordy, Howe, but I really learned about him when we did our goat episode and, uh, and I mean that's that's an incredible accomplishment considering what Gordy Howe has meant to the game of of hockey, but I, I think he, I, I think this uh, Patrick Marlowe definitely makes a, a very good case for it. Very good case for it. And uh, speaking of very good cases, I would be remiss if I didn't bring my last point to this episode of my topic without discussing Major League Baseball's all-time hit leader, Pete Rose. Yeah. Yes, this is very important. Does Pete Rose belong in the Hall of Fame? Discuss. Yes. Yes. I, I think too many times you know, these sports entities let outside factors determine. It, it's like nowadays when people can't separate the artist from the art. I, you know, there's a lot of like somebody says something that nobody likes and everyone's like, oh, it's, you know, the, the art is ruined forever. It's not true. All right, pro wrestling's sake. I think all of us are pro wrestling fans, if not most of us. Chris, but what Chris mm-hmm. Benoit did in his personal life is incredibly, incredibly 
fucked up. And I know a lot of people who cannot separate his body of work on the inside of a wrestling ring from who, what he was in his final moments. All right. Chris Benoit, one of the greatest technical wrestlers of all time. I know it's, it's sports entertainment, but I can separate the two. And honestly, like, gambling. Gam- come on. Come on. <laughs> you know, I read the Pete Rose book. He was he was in it like he gambled like this was they talk about players needing that competition edge when they're done playing the game, kind of like Michael Jordan. Like he was bad, like horses. I mean, I know that has nothing to do with that, but he was gambling a lot. But like you said, the separation at some point needs to happen. I mean, I ran into that. It sounds stupid for a post that I did for James Fonda workout tape thing. James Fonda, if anybody knows about James Fonda in the Vietnam War, Vietnam veterans are not fond of her. We're gonna, no. we're gonna PD They're not to, fond uh, of her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Wah, but, wah. I, but I put up the post as more of a nostalgia type thing, and that comes down to like a nostalgia pop culture type thing, where like you said, you can't separate that from what the what what you're trying to see. You can only you're like tunnel vision. You're only gonna see their views. Like of when you say Chris Benoit, all they're gonna think is the murder. When you say Pete Rose, it's going to go right to Gambler, not the guy that broke Ty Cobb's batting record, that no or hits record that nobody would ever have thought, and the guy wasn't. Yeah, I, I, I think it makes – I, I honestly think, like, when, when that plays a factor into things, that it makes Hall of Fames a little disingenuous, maybe. Like, it, maybe, maybe, you know, if this guy's not in, well, maybe this Hall of Fame really isn't worth spit. Which, you know, obviously baseballs is, but uh, it, it might even, it just might, like when you pick and choose, when it's, I guess, it, it, political in a way, um, you know, it, it kind of devalues your Hall of Fame in, in a sense. I mean, so, so, man, so here's my, here's my issue with the whole P. Rose thing. Um, people always say, well, he only ever bet on his team to win, right? I feel like we've all heard that, right? Like he never, like, picked the team to lose to, like, tank a game then. Right. Um, my issue is when you're a manager, it, it affects how you manage the game. If you had a team that you were supposed to just womp on, right? So, so he bet on his team to win, right? And then all of a sudden it's a close game or it's not going the way you thought. Or, or Listen, baseball, people go hot and cold constantly. Like they just have a lousy day. So he as a manager decides that today because he's got money riding on it, that he's going to burn through his bullpen, that he's just going to like eat through everybody and try to throw everybody he can at this team because he's got money on today's game. And then tomorrow, when he doesn't have a bullpen anymore because he burned them all yesterday, he goes, well, maybe I don't bet on us today. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, that has That's now affected point. how you coach the game. It's how you manage it affect players' careers, their seasons, their stats. And I'm not saying that, like, there's a closer out there who's super pissed at Pete Rose for burning them through a game. <laughs> but, like, we'll never, we'll never know that. We'll never understand how many games are like, oh, well, I always bet on us to win. Sure. But as the manager, you dictated the circumstances of you winning. I would actually be more okay with him only being a hitter and betting on his team to win because all you can control in that situation is yourself. What you can you're do, trying right? to get as many – right. You're trying to hit, which is your goal every time you're in the box is to hit. You know what I mean? You're never trying to get out, and you can't affect anything else. But as a manager, you have your hand literally in almost every aspect of the game. 
So it's just like, you're choosing bullpens, you're choosing starters, you're choosing the batting order, you're choosing lefty, righty. I mean, you're, you do everything. So to be dictating those things and making decisions based on, oh, I've got a grand on today's game. So uh, I got to start making, if, if that even enters your mind a little bit, that's, I don't know. I have a problem with that. It's not like he put a thousand dollars down and then went about business as normal. There's right. no way it affect his decision-making process. Even, even if it didn't affect his decision-making process, there's no way to prove that it didn't, uh, right, which, right. which to me brings the point of, again, induct him as a player. Thank you. He doesn't have sure. to go in as a manager. Which they do. Yeah. And, and they, and they do. I mean, there are plenty of managers who played baseball and through the minors into the show had a short stint and then had a hall of fame career, you know, behind the bench. And made it as a manager they're not as a player there are plenty of guys who had a great playing career who became a manager and sucked made the hall of fame as a player and i mean you want to talk about something that like is is insulting to the hall of fame itself there is no class of 2021 nobody eligible for baseball hall of fame voting got the necessary votes to be inducted into the hall of fame in 2021 do you, do you, so do you think you think it's a bad thing Again, I, um, I think that's a phenomenal. It's not the Hall of Very Good. It's the Hall of Fame. If nobody was good enough, then you don't. It's not a participation trophy. It is the elite of the elite of a sport that's been around for 140 years. It, it doesn't mean that they had bad careers. It doesn't make them garbage players. It doesn't make them terrible human beings. It means they weren't good enough to be put in the most upper echelon of everything in sports. The Hall of Fame. It's not the Hall of Very Good. Nobody on this year's My, ballot was that point. It's just that is what it uh, is. I I, I, I heavily disagree that nobody was good enough when Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds are on that list. Steroids, now listen, you want to talk about steroids. Different thing. It's a whole different thing. Yeah. Let's open this sucker up. Yeah, let's open the sucker up. I think yeah. the steroid is, is something that I have a question about because, I mean, they legit have a steroid era where it was not complete, right? It wasn't really frowned upon. Like it was almost, uh, it, was, it wasn't it, illegal it, at the time. Well, there were certain substances that weren't banned. They didn't really test for it all that much. Right. Um, well, that, that was how that whole listing came out. It was like the, the something report. It started with a B or something. I forget. Yeah. But it's uh, it, the whole era thing. So that they pulled like a thousand MLB players or just a thousand baseball players. And they said, Hey, it's not illegal. We, we just want to know who's taking HGH and like a rot and like all these players were said, yes. Cause at the time it wasn't illegal. Right. And Major League Baseball just said they were on a fact-finding mission. And then whatever, however amount of time later, and it wasn't a lot of time later, it became illegal. And then somebody leaked that, that list of players who were taking it, and it's now illegal, and it became a whole thing. So, I mean, I don't know if you want to argue semantics on, well, when it they were doing it, it wasn't illegal. You know what I mean? Like, And then it right. became that's, illegal. That's another huge, huge gray area when it comes to the MLB. There's a lot of great, a lot of great players who dabbled in steroids. My hero growing up was Mark McGuire, <laughs> for Christ's sake. And he's, he's, <laughs> he's a perfect example of this actually. Because and and I was a huge Mark McGuire fan. I I wear number twenty five when I play baseball to this day, because I was a Mark McGuire fan. And the twenty fifth is my birthday, so it just made sense in my brain. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, here here's a guy who took Andro, even after the you know, like list of banned substances started coming out, so on and so forth. Like Andrew was not on that list. So he it like, it's like saying, Hey, I'm taking protein. Now it works differently than protein. I'm not going down that road, but he was taking Andrew. When Andrew got added to the banned list, he stopped taking it and it shortened his career. 
he, he, his, his career was probably shortened between two and five years because he stopped that and his knees ended up deteriorating. He couldn't handle the, you know, the weightlifting and stuff he was doing to continue to play at that level. And he ended up retiring, but he didn't technically do anything wrong. But in that era, because he's tied to all of that, he will struggle to ever be inducted in the hall of fame as a player because of it. I mean, Barry, Barry Bonds never failed a, a drug test ever. Yeah. Right. Never, never one time has he ever failed a drug test. People just look at his body frame and went, yeah, that doesn't add up. Like you used to be a, <laughs> a used to be like a 20, 20, 20, 30, 30 guy. You were stealing 30, 40 bases a year. And now you can barely run to second. You better have it over the wall. Otherwise you're not going to be safe. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I look at but, it. But, oh, go ahead. I, I look at it too. My childhood guy is in there with McGuire. Okay. And I read his book juiced and he's going to tell you 100% that he started you know, Mr. Jose Canseco. If that didn't, <laughs> uh, he will tell you 100% that he doesn't think that he would have anywhere sort of the career that he had if it wasn't for steroids. So can you hear a guy that is artificially enhanced to a guy like, Ken Griffey Jr., who we pretty much know that was 100% clean, but just pure God-given talent where Seiko was like, listen, if I didn't start juicing, there's no way I would have been a 40-40 guy. I would have done this or I would have done that. And to this day, he still has to shoot it because of what he did over that long period of his career. And that's one of the guys that you got to look at is these guys – enhanced themselves even though it wasn't illegal but yeah and, and there there was actually where do you there was an sports illustrated did an article about uh, i was five pitchers they were all friends they all were coming up together through uh minor league baseball and the guy who was one of the worst amongst them the only reason he like after the first or second year the only reason he got a an invite back to camp the next year was because of his breaking ball but they said, like, listen, like he he was the he was the slowest thrower of them all. One of them got cut outright, ended up dabbling in the minor league system for somebody on uh, another team, and him and two other guys and or three other guys ended up coming back the next year. And he said, I need to do something. And he started admittedly taking steroids. And he went from being a guy throwing like 87 to 88, topping out at 89, maybe touch 90, to a guy throwing 97. And they looked at him and was like, listen, man, we don't know what you did, but we love it. And he ended up actually winning a World Series as a reliever with the Yankees. Right. And he he tells the story of, like, the 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 weird turn his life took because he had, you know, with getting into the steroid thing, like, he would go, he would wake up, you know, at 5 in the morning, go and meet up with guys like Mariana Rivera and stuff like that to do their morning church service in the basement of Yankee Stadium, then go off through practice and whole nine yards workouts, and then go out that night party hookers blow whole nine yards and then get back to his hotel room at three 30 in the morning to wake up at five and go back to church. And that's how he lived. And he won a world series where he pitched in the clinching game of the world series that year. And at four in the morning that night, he was standing on a bridge contemplating his existence in front of his cab, in front of his cab driver. And then he decided like, no, I need to make a change. He ended up coming clean to his friends who like had congratulated him, wanted to like hang out with him. And he looked, he's like, listen, I took steroids. Right. And none of them spoke to him ever again. 
And the story was like, I would not have even had a baseball career after that first, after that year, had I not started taking steroids. And I got to win a world series while three of my closest friends on the planet got cut and sent home. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's it's such a, well, again, I'm not, baseball is not exactly my forte either, but uh, Bond's record still stand, right? His home record, home runs and all that stuff. They all, yeah. they all technically stand. They're not like, a, there's no asterisk next to them. No, I mean, not, not, not right now. Not technically right there's now. Only... Yeah. I Right. But the, the major league home run leader in MLB history is not in the hall of fame because yeah, the assumption that's made about him. And, th right. and that's the question. Like, so this is an assumption. He never failed a test. At what point does what you do off the field matter when you get in the hall of fame for what you did on the field i yeah. think well, also see, I, I think that's two different things though because if you're taking steroids or hgh that's directly affecting what you did on the field and to your point he might not have ever been on the field if he weren't taking steroids his career might have ended 10 years before it did but we don't know that he ever took steroids we assume no, no, hit well, no, him specifically but i mean everybody else you name clements or, or manny or you know what i mean anybody else who's ever been on that list a rod you name it I think the other thing with Bonds, though, is too, is that he was a straight dick to the media. And I think. Oh, he was just a straight dick altogether. <laughs> yeah. And he was a dick to the media. And who votes? The and media. All this, you know, suspicion of steroids. Now we can pump that up. And now we're going to hold this against you 100%. So I think that's the other thing. Uh, but looking at Clemens, he got kind of caught. In a way, I mean, I remember the whole trial where it was a B12 shot. It wasn't steroids. But when you look at steroids in baseball, I think that's different than Pete Rose cheating because you're enhancing yourself 100% over, over everybody else that is trying to work hard. In a way, you are cheating. You are just, you know, doing taking the easier route than the guy that's getting up at four in the morning, lifting the weights, eating properly and everything else. Canseco talked about Giambi. Giambi was a look at Giambi. Giambi roided, according to Canseco. Giambi roided, but he said he didn't do anything. Well, Canseco and McGuire were working out. Giambi's out there, you know, partying and doing everything. That's why he never looked like Canseco and McGuire. But yet, he, he, he could stay by. And he that's true go right to run and, and hit so i mean you're you're like the pitcher you're taking away from other people because you want to do it the easy way instead of just saying i can't do this i'm fizzled out i need to find something else that's maybe, true maybe a coach Look how Steve Rogers the, messed the, up being the, Captain America for everybody else. All right. He took the super soldier serum. There you go. John Walker couldn't keep up. Falcons got met. He's like, oh, no, can I do this? I don't have a super soldier. All right. Steve Rogers cheated. He should be disqualified from the Avengers Hall of Fame. All right. With his Dude, spoiler alert. <laughs> Jesus. I got a mutant now. Damn it. Oh, God, <laughs> Lord. There was no spoilers. There was no. <laughs> Guess I don't have to watch that entire series. How am I going to spend my weekend? Oh, now? Damn it, no. Man. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. It is interesting to bet. So, uh, the other, and the other side of that, uh, that coin to wrap this up is, you know, well, he took away from the pitcher. Well, did he take away from the pitcher? You still got to hit. You still got to hit it. Steroids don't improve your eyesight. They don't, don't improve your hand-eye coordination. They, they make you a little bit stronger. So maybe that ball that would have been a double to the gap is now a home run to the gap. Maybe that high fly ball would have been an out. Now it's a catch, but you still got to hit it. 
you still have to do one of the, if not the hardest thing to do in all of sports, hit a round object with a round object that is meant to be thrown past you. Do you so, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to break it down because I'm a video game nerd. You guys all know this. If I pop a game genie on one of my NES games and I beat the game, do I, do I get to say I beat the game? Or I use the Contra code. Do I get to say I beat Contra? Ooh, this, this is before like trophies were a thing on like yeah, PlayStation. Like, no, you you would not yeah. get any trophies for cheating. No, you would not. Yeah. So, so is there is is there a big giant asterisk next to me saying, "Oh, I beat Contra," even though I whipped in that Contra code and it made it a hell of a lot easier for me to do it because it just gave me that little bit of edge to surpass the person that's trying to beat the game without putting any cheat codes in. And that's absolutely a fair point. If I beat Madden, if I win the Super Bowl on Madden, you know, on rookie, and I score a hundred points, does that does? And you play it on pro, and you score twenty one, but we still both win the Super Bowl that year. Are we on the same level? I also think it's really funny that we're comparing a guy who hit like 760 professional major league home runs. And they're like, listen, man, I was playing Madden last week. And when I, I had my game, Genie in, it's totally the same thing. I got to go with what I can compare it to in my head. That's all. Listen, listen, brother, play to your strengths. You got it. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. And I'm not talking about bonds. I'm talking about say a guy like uh Kinseiko or somebody that took it on later on in the year. Do you, do you, you got to look at it in that way? I, I think Bonds' his biggest thing is he's never failed the drug test, but like I said, he was a dick. He was a dick to everyone. He was a dick to the media. And the media dictates who's going to get into the Hall of Fame. It's not a fan vote, because if the fans voted, Pete Rose would be in the Hall of Fame because he made the All-Century team. Right. It's, so this I think that's the thing, to debate too. That we might, we might have to continue this at some point. We definitely do. Because that goes in the the Barry Bonds thing goes in the hand with you know the off field versus in person stuff. So and again, if the media is in charge of the voting, then it seems politicized and maybe even not one hundred percent legit. So, but um, I think that's the perfect way to end this uh, end this conversation. This is definitely something we will revisit at some point. Uh, of course, we have two more people who have not had the chance to uh, pick a topic. So Austin and Andrew, we're going to spin to see. Um, who gets choice for next week? I got my wheel app up here. And Austin. Ooh. Austin, you get choice next, buddy. This is legitimately no joke. There's a post-it note on my desk that just says cheating question mark topic. So and then we went into steroids and the whole thing, and I was like, damn it, I wanted to stole the whole week. Kind of, I mean, we part two it. We, we, yeah, let's part two it. Why the hell not? No, no, let, let's 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 do it 100. percent So I okay. mean, everything from uh, steroids, pine tar, videoing the other team, uh, stick them, you name stick it, stick them. You know, exactly. Yeah, let's let's roll all that. The the worst ones, why people do it, the the mentality behind it, the, everything. Let's hit it. I love it. I can't wait for it, everybody. Well, that is a wrap. Um, thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in. Sorry, it was a couple weeks late. It's been a very crazy April. Um, we'll try and get another one episode episode out for you the next within the next you know within a reasonable amount of time. But uh, Austin, Jaws, Andrew, just great job today, guys. Bringing bringing the heat, uh, nice fun discussions. This is why we do this show. It's just stuff that you know we could do on our own respective shows, but I think it's just better if we come together and have those convos and just get a uh, get a <laughs> go go. Um, 
you know, just have these discussions with, with good people. So um, I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, to our listeners, we will talk to you in a couple weeks about cheating in sports. On behalf of Austin, Derek, Andrew, and I, take care. And uh, we'll see you next time right here on the Network Sports Talk Show. Get in here. We got to call this thing. Tighten up. Come here. All right, guys. Here's the situation. Two minutes left. Zero timeouts. Down by a touchdown. We got to drive 75 yards. All right. We can do this thing. I believe in each and every one of you. But real quick, did you guys know that the Two Point Conversation podcast runs five days a week, Monday through Friday, with various co-hosts and different themes every day? And then you can listen to them on BICBP-radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. So what's the play? Just, all right, just, come on, hurry up. Get to the line and just run, and I will get it to somebody, all right? Come on, on three. Ready. Set. Mother. Delay of game. Offense.